Welcome to the For Fox Sake podcast. By the fans, for the fans. With all the news, views and discussion from two lifelong Leicester City supporters. It's your show, so get in contact. Make yourselves heard. What's your opinion? The only Leicester City podcast that's by the fans, for the fans. This is for Fox's sake. Hello and welcome to episode 73 of For Fox's Sake. My name's Pete Selby and next to me is Rob Hayes. And we're in the same country, the same room and doing the podcast for the first time in an absolute age. First time this season. Technically. Technically, first time this season. So, And a lot's happened. A lot's happened. Uh, I've been away, you've been away, we've been doing bits and bobs, different stuff. But keeping on top of what's going on at City. So, I think what we should do is just rattle through the games we've had and then we can get on to the real nitty-gritty. Um, and basically that's transfers. Yeah. What, what the hell's happening. But we'll just start with the club at the moment. First game of the season, Arsenal... 4-3, crazy game, shame we didn't hold on to the lead and then ultimately a point, but a good performance and it was it was just a bit of a shame all around, it, it, it was coming there weren't it, that equaliser was, was coming, they just switched off um, after playing really well and it was, it was kind of like exactly how I would thought that the game would have happened, I, it, it all kind of planned out, Vardy played very well but you knew they were going to get back into it. Oh, apart from the fact that there were seven goals involved, I don't think uh, I don't think it'd be that many uh, that many goals going in. But yeah, I think the way the game panned out, I, I watched it in the locker room in town with a few mates, which was rammed, by the way, three bar staff and queued about six deep at the bar, chaos. Um, but luckily, my mate's on crutches at the minute, so he just managed to get himself some table service. Oh, oh right. yeah, yeah, oh, excellent. Um, I, I, I was at work and watched it on an iPad. Ooh, not quite so glamorous. Not at all. No, but I just turned to him with 10 minutes to go and we both kind of looked at each other and said, we're not getting three points out of this. No. Whether whether Arsenal were going to score one or two, it was fairly obvious. And then, uh, What did you think of the fairly negative change quite early to bring Okazaki off for Amati? Um, it's, the thing that gets me, right, is a lot of people blamed or mentioned the Shakespeare substitution, the second one, with James coming off and bringing on Iniacho. Yeah. Thing is, the substitution before that was the one you've just mentioned. Taking off Okazaki, bringing on Armati. There's taking off your forward player to bring on another defensive midfielder. So that's shoring up the defence. And then you bring off James because he's basically can't move. Uh, he's, he's knackered. He's played very well. And you bring on Iniacho. Now, I like when a player is brought on to basically add a bit more up front because it gives the opposition something else to think about rather than just creating a back six and saying, come on, we'll, we'll try and defend it. But should they have been the other way around? Uh, should quite... Amati have come on for James as a like-for-like? Like? Yeah, quite. I, I, I agree with that. That would have been fine. But um, it was it was a, a strange one. Maybe someone like Andy King, but I don't think it's the... Wor- I think it's a, a, a manager who... Is, is is forward thinking. It's so easy just to bring on another man at the back. If you concede a goal, oh dear. I don't for one one, one second think that the two goals came from the fact that we didn't have another man there. No, not at all. Not at no. all. That's the one thing. If 
No, I just wanted to th- to get your thoughts on it. Ultimately, yeah, I, it didn't I like... really have an impact on the game. No, I but like... it just it just seemed that they were ten fifteen minutes the wrong side of each other. Quite possibly, for, for, yeah. for, from my point of view. But he's he's the manager. Yeah, he's the manager, and I like that. I like the fact that you you can bring on. It sounds strange bringing on a forward later on, but the system would have changed. The formation would have changed. There would have been a lot more uh, thought behind it rather than saying here's just another body at the back. There would have been a lot more thought. Apparently it was to pick up Xhaka and all that sort of thing. But it was ultimately disappointing. And the fact that we came back and beat a poor Brighton two goals to nil, you were there. Yeah, I was commentating, yeah. Yeah, I wasn't. We barely got out of second gear, mate. Honestly, it was... I think because we got such an early goal, that basically ruined Brighton's game plan there and then. They were there to shut up shop, try and get a nil-nil, maybe pinch something from a set piece, something like that. But they were very, very poor from my point of view. Uh, and Leicester just Leicester never never really had to raise the tempo at Ma- all. We never Morris. really looked in any danger. Oh, Morris was just toying with them. Just he's, typical he, Morris. Yeah, but he's he's a class above players from Brighton. Yeah, you know he finds it obviously it's more difficult to have that much freedom on the pitch when you're playing against world class opposition. But against Brighton, he just toyed with them. He he was popping up wherever he felt like it. He was taking players on at ease, uh, picking out great passes. We, if if we'd have played at our usual level of intensity, we could have easily won that four, five, six nil. They yeah. they were that poor, um, and without a striker, and they didn't have Izquierdo uh, ready in time to play that game. But he adds a bit of pace. But they Knockout was was arguably their most the, the player that made the most impact for them, or at least tried to. Yeah, and he yeah yeah massive yeah he got applause every time he came out to warm up. Uh, very fondly remembered. I think. Well, yeah, uh, and deservedly so as well. Yeah, of course. But he was the only one that added any real spark to them. They they look like a team of rigid, good championship footballers. Hmm. No, he'll be fondly remembered at Leicester for for what he accomplished and 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 deservedly so. And that might be something we'll be talking about in the next ten minutes or so. But um. And then we played Man United, who are very powerful, very dominant, and they were in the game against Leicester. Heroics in goal by Schmeichel, how it was still goalless after, what, 60-odd minutes, 69, 70 minutes, and then the deadlock was broken. Again, sloppy play at the black, but it was coming, weren't it? They're a very good outfit. Oh, they, they look supreme at the start of this season. Yeah, they are a classic Mourinho side. And again, we, we, we performed okay in a game that I think when you look back at the end of the season, you'll go, that could have been a whole lot worse. And there's been teams that have been turned over right royally um, yeah. at Old Trafford this time around. I think it's a different well, Man United to got, last We've year. got the best result against them so far. Well, exactly, yeah. Two four nils and, and there's two nils. So it's it's a difficult start with all these games away from home against the big clubs. But I, I said at the beginning of the season on our previous podcast, the home form is crucial. The King Power is still a... Uh, it's a fortress. It has been through the season we won the league. Even last year, we still had some really good performances there. And it was rare that we got turned over. Maybe once or twice we did. But the King the king Power form is crucial for us to be a mid-table side. If we're really good at home, then we'll pick up more away wins and points than we did last year. Um, that's for sure. So Happy yeah. with progress in the Car- Carabao Cup as well. Scoring goals. End yeah. of the day. And it was a perfect opportunity for a club like Leicester. Uh, to play their reserves in a, on a decent uh, against a decent side, and and it the shows players that we've got a good squad. Well, it does. I know it, they beat Sheffield United. It's not exactly a huge result, but in in years gone by, that would have been a, a struggle, if not a defeat, with 
with what what you'd call fringe players who don't deserve to be anywhere near the first team. That's true. Whereas that gave players like, all right, Gray's not had the chance that we might have thought that he'd have at the start of this Slimani. season. Slimani needs, needs to get games in King. him. Musa needs to put himself in the shop window so we can move him on as quickly as possible. <laughs> uh, King will struggle for game time this season, I think, once Ebora's back. So it's good to get him a run out and, and to captain the side as well. Um, what do you think of the goalkeeping situation? Just very, very quickly. I know it's not a situation as such, but Jakubovic came in and we automatically assumed that he'd go into the number two spot. So far, it's been Hamer on the bench and then Hamer in the Carabao Cup. I've not heard anything of, of any injury to Jakubovic. I think something's happened there. You reckon? So, yeah. Or do you think that it's simply that Hamer's a better keeper than Jakubovic? Um, no, I, I think that was the, the reason given by Shakespeare. But I can't for one think that you spend only a couple of million, I know, but you spend money on a goalkeeper who's played in the Premier League, played well, and he's been earmarked as the Leicester City number two goalkeeper. Um, and possibly if Schmeichel moves on at any point in the future, then he would be given a, a, a chance as the number one goalkeeper. I can't for one reason think that on the basis of basically training for a month or so and one or two pre-season games that he would not play in the Carabao Cup. I can't for one... Re- and also, this is Ben Hamer who has been in and out of the squad, who's been in and out of the club on loan, who's not been the substitute goalkeeper for a while. Yes, he played in Europe against Porto, but there's there's something else there with Hamer. I can't believe that Jakubovic hasn't played. He's not injured. I think something's gone on there. I don't know what, because he obviously when he he turned up, he knew that he would have been number two mm. behind Schmeichel. But whether whether there's something non-football related, you just don't know. But I think there's more to it than just being, let's play Ben Hamer. We know what Ben Hamer's like. If the club thought that Ben Hamer was the number two, then they wouldn't have gone and bought Jakubovic. Yeah, but you could also argue that most Premier League sides need three almost first team goalkeepers these days possibly but I think it was uh, I think something's happened I don't know what I don't think it's anything it might it, this, it could easily be something that's not football related mm. it could be something way beyond football you don't know but I don't think what, you think something might have happened between Jakubovic and Shakespeare or between some players at the training could have, ground could have been or Jakubovic has got some personal could be problems going on I'd I don't Selby, believe Selby smells of fish. Yeah, I don't believe for one second that Ben Hamer played in that game above Jakubovic purely on football matters. Interesting. I, it, I can't see any reason why not, he would. Not that it really affects anything no, because no. Schmeichel's going to be the number one keeper. But but. but but I can't see why he would. I can't see any reason. You know what Ben Hamer's like. If he is going to be the second choice goalkeeper again, I don't believe you would have bought a player like Jakubovic. You would have bought a young goalkeeper or maybe put some more trust in some younger. Well, we've got Everson, haven't we? He was a Danish under twenty one international. Did he play against Fleetwood? Possibly in, in that under twenty three game last night. Big, Not sure. I haven't seen big that. tall goalkeeper. I don't. I, Blonde lad. Yeah, yeah. It must have been him. Oh, I saw in the goals. I, see, I saw in the goals. Seen the goals. Yeah. Ouch. <laughs> not sure. Uh, no, no. I'm not, <laughs> I, I, again, you're just watching the goals, but yeah. I watched them out the corner of my eye, and I went, "Oh, who's the goalkeeper?" But. Um, Elliot Moore scored for our for our Belgian sister club the other day. Did he? Mm. Yeah. Anyway, transfers. Transfers. You get very excited about that. Well, the thing is, at work, there's a few Leicester fans, and we were saying that transfer window is for the well, for the last three or four windows have been really poor, as in there's not really been an awful lot happening. There's been one or two. I mean, Leicester, obviously, with Slomani and bits and bobs. But 
overall in the world of football, it's been fairly, fairly poor. Not this year. Tomorrow, at the time of recording, tomorrow's the transfer deadline day. It's going to go off the wall, I think. It's going to be mad. Um, There's going to be a lot of ins and outs. There is. Now, Leicester are right in the middle of it. If you're looking at one club tomorrow, it's Leicester or now. Now, what we talk about now can be completely out of date in the next 10 minutes. So bear, bear that bear with us if you are listening to this in a couple of days' time because you know we, we can only go on what's happened so far. So at the moment, you've got the likes of Vardy, Drinkwater, Mares, Damari Gray, Islam Slomani, Ahmed Musa. Um, these are players currently at the club who have been linked with moves away. Um, any more for it? Amendi. Um, I forgot forgot he even existed. But these aren't even just like links. These are legitimate moves away that have been, again, rumoured, but by some strong, credible sources. How many do you think we'll lose? Well, if we go through them one by one... If you consider someone like Ahmed Moussa a loss. Moose is going to go to Hull, by all accounts. I think on loan. I think that's a great move. Let's just say he absolutely destroys the, the championship. Well, which I don't think he will. But, um, would you great. send him out for the season or till Christmas? I will send him out on a season-long loan and says, go on, do your stuff, right? He scores a load of goals, we can always sell him or whatever. Fine. I don't think there's, I don't think Leicester lose anything by sending him on, him on loan. Same way with Mendy. If Mendy wants to go to France and the deal can't be done, send him on loan to France or wherever, get him playing. He needs game time. He needs to get back playing football, basically. He can't do that at Leicester. He's not in the fold at the moment. Get him playing, bring him back. He could be the player that we originally signed. Yeah, because no, nobody knows what he can no, actually exactly. do. So th- there's no harm in letting him go on loan mm. for a season or for half a season. Get him playing and he could be a very good asset. And again, if he plays well and he doesn't want to stay, then he can go and we can get our money back. Yeah, that's, that, that's it's a win-win. He, he needs to be playing well for us to recoup it's a win-win most of the transfer fee. For him, for Leicester, and I think for Moussa as well. It's a win-win again. Get him, send him out on loan. No one's coming with a big bid. If someone want, wanted to bid the money, they'd have done it. And for me, let him go. If yeah, they... because he's been on the he's been on the fringe for a year now. So if if somebody wanted to come in for him, yeah. they'd have done so at the start of the summer and gone right. Let's get him in. Let's get him in early because there's never been any speculation about whether Musa would or wouldn't leave Leicester. He's always been available. Yeah, pretty, pretty much. And and also with Musa, if someone came in with a reasonable amount of money, let him go. Mm. Mendy's a bit different for me. Don't just get rid, you know, you want to get him back playing and see what he can do. Now it comes on to the big players. Start with Slomani, scored a few goals against Sheffield United. For me, again, Slomani, don't send him out on loan, there's no points. If someone comes in with the money, then get rid. Ajo has signed a new two-year deal. That's the reason. You reckon? That is but the reason. But Slomani was on the bench for the... For the last game, and Ajoa wasn't. Yeah, I don't understand why Ajoa has been given the contract. I'm not dishappy about it. It's it, okay, fine. But what does that mean for Slomani? If he's going to stay, fine. I think he's a good player. I think he's got goals. I think he's limited. But there is a player there who just couldn't score goals. And then you have five strikers, which isn't a bad thing, yeah, necessarily. Don't, don't set him on loan, but if someone came in with a bid in the 20s, yeah. then get rid. For, okay. for me, get the money. And put it towards another player. Really, that's what I would do. Vardy? Vardy's the one for me. I don't me. think he's going to go anywhere. Oh, no, I don't think he's going to go anywhere. And he's the one player for me you just don't let go. 
Someone comes in with a £70 million bid. No, doesn't. he's not for sale at any price. He is the start of everything. As we know, he's the goals. He's the defence from the front. He sets the play up. The team is set up for him. He is the face of Leicester. He really is. He's turned down Arsenal last year. He's turned down Arsenal to stay at Leicester. He's on a lot of money. He wants apparently wants to stay out of his career at the club. Fine, keep Vardy. We Whatever took, We took the chance on him. We play the way that Vardy wants us to play, essentially. Yes. I mean, I don't think he'd be... We've seen it uh, for England as well. When he's asked to play a less uh, sort of on the shoulder of the last defender role, a less uh, feisty role, if you like, or even out wide... And, and England are trying to play through the lines, it doesn't work for him. No, so, I, so he can't go to another club and expect them to change the way that they play. Leicester is built around him. I can un- completely understand why clubs want him, but he's not for sale ever. Full stop. Um, Danny Drinkwater allegedly handed in a transfer request last night well, slash this morning. This is the interesting one, because apparently, um, well, the Telegraph say that he did it last month and another... Um, someone said earlier on this week yeah. from the same paper so I don't quite know Sky Sources said uh, Tuesday BBC picked it up Wednesday morning right um, let's be honest it could have happened at any it time it could have happened at any time has he got a thigh injury um, he hmm. probably hasn't but the thing is with drink water uh, oh no I, uh, sorry it's, it's thigh injury I'd imagine he has Yeah. because look at Mares. Mares is playing yeah um, the thing is with drink water, and we, we've said this and everyone out there would have thought this, when we won the league, um, we wanted all the players to stay. Obviously, Kante went. Then they played in the Champions League. Just look at drink water now. Now, I'm not saying that if I, you know, if I was a player, I'd want to go. He's won the league at Leicester. He's played in the Champions League at Leicester. He's been at Leicester for six years or so. He's won the championship. He's been a fantastic, fantastic player. Yes, obviously, Leicester gave him the chance. He's 27, England international. But there's been a bit of interest from Chelsea, a bit more than a bit. And he obviously wants to go. Is he going to get a game there? That's not the question. The question is, do you, as a footballer, leave Leicester to go to Chelsea... Yes, you're not going to be a first-team regular, but you're in the Champions League. You've got a chance of winning the Premier League more than Leicester. Um, you could be a future England international. You've got probably more chance of doing that there if you, you are if you are playing. Yeah, that's a big if, though. It's a big if, but is it a gamble? He's just, look, he's, he's let a lot of players go out on loan. Would he have been better off keeping somebody like Chalabar or Loftus-Cheek instead of having to bring in Drinkwater? One, to re-bolster the midfield, but two, to up the English quota. True, but I'm not saying that they they should sell him, Leicester, but what I'm saying is that I can completely understand why he would want to leave Leicester to go to oh, Chelsea. The, yeah, the difference between the size and, and the abilities of the clubs, Leicester and Chelsea, is and, huge. And also, it's different for, for him than, say, a Damari Gray. Damari Gray, who's not... Uh, had a first team spot in the team for a year for 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 a while. That's a different scenario from him moving to a big club than Drinkwater. Drinkwater looks at Leicester and goes, "I've had an amazing time there. I've done absolutely everything that I can do there," which I'm pretty sure most people would agree. Yeah, time for a I, new challenge. I've got now one big big move left in me. Mm. Um, how about Chelsea? Or and again, let's just say it doesn't work out at Chelsea. It could easily come back in a year's time for half the money or whatever. You never know. But I think for him, he just looks at it and goes, "I want this chance to tr- to try and get in that Chelsea." Oh, side. I can, yeah, I can fully understand that. And and as we said, when all the other 
players got rumoured to have left. And when Conte went and when Maris eventually goes, it'll be a pat on the back saying thank you very much for what you've done for the club. Yep. Particularly Drinkwater because he's been here so long uh, and he's really developed at the club. Like yeah. I said, we, we've done probably as much as we can for him. He's done what, what he might think that he's done as much as he can for us. Uh, I, and he'd go with, not not that any player needs the blessing of Fox 8 podcast and the rest of the supporters, but no, I think he would go with that. It's a shame that he has to hand a transfer request in, but you've got to remember, they are a, a transfer request now is a broad term for a conversation of, you know, can I go and all this sort of thing. Mm. It's um, it's not that he hates the club. Some people out there go, oh yeah, if someone hands a transfer request in, it means that they absolutely despise the club and everything. They No, they don't at all. It's, you know, just think about it. Common sense, really. Such a shame because he's a great player and it's going to be a big loss to the club, to the side, to the dressing room. But you can understand why he would want to go especially because there is solid interest from Chelsea. Slightly different to Mares. Mares wants to go to go and further his career somewhere else and play Champions League football. That's fine. I think he thought and he was probably told by agents that so and so and this club were going to come in oh, and they yeah. haven't. He'll have expected to have moved on by now. He thought he was for, going to be for a, a big fair club. whack of money, yeah. And it's not happened for him. Fair play to him. He's at Leicester and he's in, and he's playing okay. Yeah, but, he but, look, he looked very good. Um <coughs> Arsenal he was okay. Uh, I thought he was fairly ineffective, but that's was, probably because he was playing against Arsenal. He was terrible in the first half, but okay in the second. Yeah, but but since then, like I say, against obviously Brighton's a different kettle of fish, but he's he's looked decent. And even the, some of the players came out and said, "Look, if he's not applying himself a hundred percent, we'll be the ones to kick him up the arse." Mm. Shakespeare would not put him in the side unless he knew he was going to get a hundred percent out of him. So if he stays and then uh, until Christmas, at least we've had a few more months out of a quality player, provided he keeps applying himself. And if you look at it from a different aspect, not that I'm pushing Drinkwater out of the club, Drinkwater goes, you've got Matty James come back, they're a very similar player. So you've got a light-for-light replacement, we've got a borer, you've got money then to spend on players, so it it leaves a big hole in the squad, but it's a hole that can be filled easily. Yeah. You know, by spending money or promoting players, giving them the chance that Drinkwater had when James was injured originally. He took that chance massively. So it's a shame, but it's going to happen. And it'll happen again. It will happen with Schmeichel. It will happen. Some, somewhere along the line, I think probably at the end of this season, that Schmeichel, a bid will come in and he will turn around to the club and go, look, I've done as much as I can here. It's time for me to move on to try and win things elsewhere. It could be at Man U. It could be, it'll be a big club. But it will happen. What does everyone then think? Does everyone turn around and go, oh, yeah, Schmeichel, hate him. How dare he want no, to leave? Of course not. Look what he's yeah. achieved with the club. Exactly. It, it, it could it's have. The same, same with Drinkwater. Exactly Leic- the same. Leicester can't, uh, unless unless we continue to grow massively, Leicester, I don't think, can ever become the kind of club that, that can refuse to sell anybody. That We're always going to be a selling club. Look to, at, to an extent, aren't we? Are Everton a bigger club than Leicester? Now, many people out there will go no. Some people will go yes. Okay. All I'm saying is that Lukaku left them to join Man U. Yeah. Okay. They he took that step up. That, so that, to, that's Everton who have finished what sixth, seventh for the last few years. Exactly. So if you leave Leicester to go to Chelsea, okay, people can say straight away, oh yeah, he's not going to get a starting lineup. No, but you've got the chance. You never know. Again, if it doesn't work out. If it, let's just say Drinkwater goes to Chelsea and he it fails to work with him there, okay? He goes for what thirty five million, okay? 
Who knows? In a year's time, we could be spending fifteen million pound on a player that we know very well. Yeah, that could easily happen. Yeah, of course it could. If he leaves Chelsea, guess who the first in the line is? I think it would probably be Leicester. Yeah, but 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 if he stays at Leicester, he'll never know. And exactly, and him and Conte as a central midfield partnership won the Premier League. I can understand why they want him, and I can understand why he wants to go. The other player we know about, Morris, is Gray. Strange rumours about Gray and Townsend being swapped. That's been rubbish by both clubs. I don't like that. Bournemouth have been linked. Bournemouth have been linked and, and, and had a big bid. Spurs in the last hour or so have been linked. But the thing is with Gray, again, if he's not playing, I could understand him being frustrated. But he won't get into the Spurs side straight away. It's it's a it's a strange thing with Gray. I think he obviously presumed that Mares will go. I still think Mares will a bid will come in for him tomorrow. You think he's going in this window? I think there's more chance of him going than staying. Okay. Um, but I like Leicester's stance on both Drinkwater and Mares at the moment. We want the money. This is how much a player's worth. Pay it. Look at the bids for Johnny Evans. They're mm. going through. It's going to cost thirty million. He'll go to Man City for thirty million or something. That's a bizarre signing, by the way. Wait. Well, yeah, but it's just come completely out of left field in the last few it, days it is but but what i'm saying is that if he goes for 30 million Leicester sitting on say we want 50 for mares and 40 for drinkwater damn right yeah. and if no one comes in and that's another thing if no one comes in for drinkwater at that money so chelsea don't sign him he'll be fine he'll be playing of course he will yeah oh yeah he'll, there'll be no problem at all um and i don't think there'll be any problem with the rest of the players either no they'll they'll sit there and think probably something similar to us in that, all right, Danny. Yeah, you've had the conflict. You've not slated the club and gone Leicester. Are, Leicester are rubbish. I want to move on. There's there's one or two players possibly coming in. There's the uh, the Hurst lad from Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah, two million pound bid for a youngster who's played well for England. Fine, not a problem with that. Um, you don't think we'll get Evans? No, I don't think we'll get Evans because of the clubs that are involved in trying Do to buy him. Do you think we as need well. another centre back then in the window? Yes. Um, it, it'll, it's it's going to be a very interesting day tomorrow. I would like him to go and spend the money on Gibson. If he's the player they want, he's an England international, I'd like to say, like Leicester to go right. If he's going to cost £25 million up front, just go and buy it. Case one, and it only you only have to look at one person, Harry Maguire. Mm-hmm. Right? How much is Harry Maguire worth right now? Oh, an awful lot more than we paid for him a few weeks ago. We paid, what, £12 million up front? Yeah, plus rising, five. Yeah. Plus five in... Two or three years' time, whatever. Harry Maguire must be worth forty million quid now, based on three performances. Three performances where he's played well, and he's got an England call up. He has to be worth forty million for his age. Mm. Got to be. If Evans is worth that, he's got to be worth forty million. So we've instantly made a big profit already in a weird way. So Johnny, you look at that and go right. Let's spend another an extra. Say if we wanted Gibson for fifteen, go and spend twenty five. He's the player I would love less to go and sign. Okay, because we need another centre half. We've got the players further forward to cover for Mares and for Drinkwater at the moment, but for me, Gibson is an absolutely crucial signing or another centre half. We need a defender. I don't want Leicester to rush and buy a random midfielder, a random winger from wherever that they've just because they've sold a player and they've got the money that they need to buy someone. I was going to say that if we lose. It seems quite unlikely because it would be a fairly substantial number. If we lose four or five players within the next 36 hours, how many do you want? Do you expect or do you want to 
bring back in before the window closes. I don't think they need light for light replacements. No. I think it'd be nice to sign this youngster. It'll be good to sign Gibson. Okay, Gibson Maguire, two young defenders, not young defenders, twenty three and twenty four year old. England internationals. And then you've got Hooth and Morgan, Huth to, and Morgan. to lend them some the what experience. A perfect perfect blend. You've got Fuchs, Chilwell, Simpson, and then obviously at right back, I think Gibson can play right back as well. And Marty can tuck in. And Marty there. that's that's good. That's good. Your midfield, it depends who's out there. Who's that Polish lad who's gone West Brom or Kr- going? Krychowiak. Now he from was PSG, former Sevilla player. He'd, he'd know Ibora pretty well. Yep, that would be a perfect signing. Whether they can hijack that bid, I don't know. But yeah, it looks like West Brom are in the driving seat there. West Brom, by the way, have done some some deals. decent decent business. Gibbs for five million. Yeah. I, no, I think he's it's solid. Yeah. And, and in this window now with this kind of cash. You'd, you'd probably argue that with the fact that he's got 10 England caps, he's played at the highest level for a long time. Yeah, good point. He, he could be worth triple that. But the thing is, elsewhere, you look at Mares goes, Gray plays. Drinkwater goes, James is there, they've got Ibora. Do you know what I mean? They don't need an immediate replacement. But if Mares goes and Gray plays, what when Gray gets an injury? Yeah, good point. Who comes in then? We literally haven't got any other wingers. Well, that's what I'm saying. You, you, we've you'd, got. You'd be looking at maybe Ian Acho would have to be forced. Well, out no, but you've got Gray there now. What I don't want is them to sign a random player who will then basically possibly be behind Mares and Gray and but get frustrated. You'd, you'd think that we ha- we would have somebody having known that Mares has wanted to go from early doors. We'll have been keeping an eye on some kind of talented flair player who would be a fit at Leicester. Uh, to the point where we might even have made inquiries and might be sort of sitting on yeah. a potential sort of you've, quiet deal. You've also got to be triggered as if and when Mares goes. Well, I, I always thought per- personally it would be um, if Mares goes or when Mares goes, then I would swap Albrighton. I would then have Albrighton on the right and I would have Gray on the left. Yeah, that that would be the natural switch. Yeah, yeah, because Gray, because Albrighton's. Can, can whip some balls in and graze decent coming in off the that, flank. That's what I would have thought would happen. Um, and yeah, and there's obviously other ways of playing as well. So I, I know what you're saying, but I just don't want them to say, right, drink water's gone, let's go and buy a midfielder. And not it's not maybe one long-term target, do you know what I mean? Yeah. A, a reactionary buy. I think it would... It, 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 would, it can work out that way, but... but it's more likely to, to be like that with drink water than it is for Maris, because Maris is... a a saga that's dragged on for plenty of time, you would hope that it's not been overlooked, the fact that he's going to go, so we'd have a list of targets to replace that position. Whereas Drinkwater's relatively new news, whether or not he handed in a transfer request a few weeks ago, or whether it has been yesterday, or whatever's been reported, it's fairly new. It doesn't give you an awful lot of time to react. It may You don't know how out of the blue it's come behind the scenes. Yeah, that, that's, my, that's my problem with it. You might have a list of players that have been scouted to the hilts and are targets. But the fact is, you're waiting until one player then goes 36 hours before the transfer window to then make you move. Mm. If they were really serious about player X in midfield, then they would have bought player X already. Yeah, Maybe they have. Maybe Abora is that player. Maybe okay. Maybe Nacho is the player that they wanted to replace Morris. I know it's not a light for light, but do you know what I mean? Yeah. So maybe they, they have bought them players already. I think the business we've done in this window is very good. I like the stance on the players we've got. 
I think well, I mentioned before in the last one, and you agreed as well, about Rudkin getting a lot of stick for having a poor first window when, you know, when we bought the likes of Mendy and Slimani and Musa. When we bought three of the players that we're now talking about getting rid of. Yeah, Mendy, I, I always put a, a line through Mendy because he's just been injured. Um, Slimani has been a long-term target, one of Walsh's targets, and so is Musa. I still think Slimani could do do a job. I do as well. But it's just, he's struggling for game time, whether it's the way that we want to play or whether it's that groin injury that kept coming back to haunt him game by game. He's just not had as many opportunities as as, as I think a player like him needs. Yeah, and and, and to finish, finish it off, really, the podcast, because, again, we're talking about things that would, in 36 hours' time, it's, we will all know. I think this is a very a vital, vital transfer window for Leicester. And I know it's only 36 hours, but... But we've got to get this last 36 hours right. We've got to get it right. right. Got to get yeah. it right. Um, if Mares and Drinkwater go, both go, that's two, as we know, Premier League winning players. That's going to take a lot out of the squad. Not just in terms of talent, but also the morale as well. Um, yes, it means that players like a and that can come in, but and Gray, but again, they are unproven, and they are. I know everyone thinks that you know, Demari Gray is the second coming, then, but I've got different ideas about that. <laughs> but you can't sell two players like that and it not have an effect. And I think fans will have to understand that. If they both stay, great. And I think they won't be a problem. If one of them stays, great. Here's, here's the final question. Go on then. If one goes, which one? Oh. What? Which one would I like to go? Which one is going to go? Which one, if you had the choice of one of them to go, which one would you like to go? Um, Mares. I'd say drink water. Ooh. It's not very often we disagree on no, that. No, no, no. Why do you say Mares? Just because it's been dragging out for so long. He very clearly sees his time at Leicester as up. And I think if you're going to keep one player who doesn't nece- who who has got their sights set on bigger things... I think you'd get more graft, more honesty, and more application out of Drinkwater than you would for Maris. No, oh, good answer. What good about answer. you? I say Drinkwater because he wants to go, and he's a player that I think we can uh, play people like uh, James and Ibora. We've got players in the club who can cover his position more than Maris. Obviously, we've got Gray behind Maris, but oh, Maris is biggest fan. He's he's fantastic on his day. He will get you three points. Gray is seriously unproven. I know you need to be playing to then prove yourself, but I've just got big question marks about Gray, about his temperament, about his ability to pass the ball. Um, I would have Mara starting 10 times out of 10 over Gray. Don't, don't get me wrong, I think Gray has got the potential to be very, very good, but I think he should be still coming off the bench. I would like Drinkwater then to go out of the two. Ideally, I would like neither to go, but yeah, so on the whole, as a podcast, we're saying neither. Yeah, we'll say neither. We want status quo. We want. I want the eleven who won the league back. <laughs> I want us to be buying from Chelsea. Resign and Golo Kante on the last day of the transfer window. Awesome! What a news story that would be. Imagine. But uh, yeah, it's going to be madness. And Leicester are absolutely slap bang in the middle of it all, which is quite exciting in a weird way. Who knows what the club could look like come a week on Saturday? That's when the game is, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So basically, there we go. That is the podcast. The podcast that will be out of date by the time you listen to this. (laughs) 
We do we, apologise for being away for so long. Yeah, I was going to say, we've both well, not been in the same country, so basically it's been very difficult to do a podcast. But now, that shouldn't happen, actually. We should be back to the normal routine. I think so. I can't see any reason why not. No, I hope so. Cool. Excellent. Right, get in contact the usual way. For Fox8podcast at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook and at FFSpod. FFSpod on Twitter. And uh, when you do uh, follow us on Twitter or on Facebook and you see an episode, just give it a share and a retweet and it'll go down a storm. Tell your mates about it as well. And uh, there we go. Up the city.